Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on uh, the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G, with me, as always, Mr. Dave Burles, Berlin. David, how are you? Yes, dude, we're doing good, man. We are ready to start another hit show on a Wednesday. Yeah, that's a fact. Yes, hit. Hit is the correct word, Dave. It's very, we're like, we're like, uh... Uh, I, I don't know. I can't think of anything good for it. Or like Mo- the 85 Bears. I've got it. Defense. Motown Records Word. were the hit makers. Nope. Motown Records. Hit makers. That's what I was trying to think of, and for some reason I just kept on thinking Murphy. Huh? And I was like, Murphy Records? That doesn't sound right. That's real dumb. We don't want our show to be like Murphy Records. No, we want it to be like Motown Records. But Dave, it is... Fall. So true. Fall season. It's officially Finally. Fall. We're in the middle of fall, and as we've discussed, I'm not a fall man, Dave. Nope. I don't really like no. fall. Um, some people, they're really into it. You know, you talk to them, they're like, oh my God, the crisp mornings, the cool breezes. Word. The pumpkin spice lattes. Word. Yeah. And you know what? Most of that stuff, besides the, the spice latte, you can get in spring. And then you don't have to see everything Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. dying. It's getting better every day instead of getting worse. It's getting better. Like, why wouldn't you want it? rebirth. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it, these people that love fall lovers. I don't get it. So, I did, though. I felt like I needed to get in the spirit. I needed to celebrate with these ridiculous fall lovers. So, I went to Mm -hmm. the number one source for fall best, best of list. And I think we all know, Dave, that's Country Living Magazine. What? That's the best. Oh, yes. Yes. That's a good one. Quality source. Quality source is correct. And I found their top 60. Don't worry. We're not going to go through all 60. Oh, fall, this is going to be a long show. <laughs> fall activities. So, 60 must-do activities for fall, Dave. We're going to go through the top 10. Are you ready? First one. Number yeah, one. Can I guess? Can I guess some of them? Give you give me a number one guess. Pumpkin patch. Pumpkin patch was on there, but it was not number one. Good guess. Good Bonfire. Guess. Uh, that sort of goes with number one. That goes with number one. So number one is swap scary ghost stories. Swap mm, scary I, ghost stories. Yeah. And I'm gonna. I, s- I feel like that's a dead like thing. Like you see all the old movies have it, but like. When you're sitting with your friends, who the heck exchanges ghost stories? I'm just going to go out there with uh, printouts of the news, and I'm just going to start reading it to them. <laughs> Sorry, and it, Florida man. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm just going to, at the end of it, be like, that was all real. Jeez. That actually happened. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, no. That's how I'm going to scare them. That's going to be my scary stories. Number two, Dave. You're never going to guess this one. Number two, mix up your seasonal ass apple rep- recipes. Yes, 
Yes. Because uh, I have an apple recipe for every season. Well, I was about to say, how, how, how many apple recipes have you tried so far in this fall season, Dave? Hmm. Um, I've had a green apple. Okay, I was about to say, so far, <laughs> so far I've tried apples. That has been my recipe. Apples. And, uh, yeah. So, you know what? For so many years, I've been making all my apple dishes in the spring. I feel like such an uh. bag for using the wrong season. God. How dare you. It's ridiculous. Number three. Number three. Taking a camping trip. I can get down with that. But you know what I say to that, Dave? You could do that at any other time. F that. That's what I say to that. <laughs> I mean, just just think about our country living readers like in upstate New York. They go on a camping mm. trip. They wake up with like a half a foot of snow around them. No thank you. Oh, God. How about going that, camping when it's warm, Dave? Warm. That's what I'm but saying. But then you like sweat in your tent and get all like nasty with better, the mosquitoes. Better than At getting least when frostbite. It's cold, the mosquitoes are gone. Yeah, but you know, in Florida, we don't have. That's true. You know, a little bit camp better. Camping with better. all the snow. Better. Number four, plan a backyard dinner. I thought it was going to be backyard football game. Yeah, that makes I sense. I can definitely get behind backyard dinner. I can get behind both of them, but I will say one thing for that one. Watch out for wind. Nothing ruins an outdoor meal like wind. It is your enemy. Wind and mosquitoes or <laughs> flies. Yeah, yeah. That can also. You're trying to eat and they just land on your food. Horrible. Yeah, you're like trying to have a good time. You know, you're sipping your drink, having, you know, exchanging stories, taking your time. There's there's no reason to rush an outdoor meal. It's true. You know? Unless. Nothing worse than the bugs. Unless wind and, wind. and bugs. And you're, you have to like... Hold down your plates. Yes. You know, ruins the dishes it. and all that. Ruins it. Awful. That's a fact. Number five, go for, a, go for a hike. I can finally get behind one. I can get completely behind yes. that one. But I will say yeah. that's a possibility open all year. You can hike in any season. You, you, <laughs> you won't die. Fair. I, I promise you, you won't die in any season hiking. Number six, this one really lost me. Set up your own outdoor fall festival. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> let's not let's not and say we did. They suggest including things like gourd ring toss, pumpkin knockdown game, and giving out fun prizes for all. Hmm. And I've got I've got a lot of questions. One, too much work. Are you ruining everyone's weekend in your neighborhood, or is this just ruining your family's weekend? Hmm. Is this are you forcing <laughs> other people, or is it just your family? Then second. What is pumpkin knockdown? They're round. They're always down. Yeah. There's no Unless way. they're like, I don't know if they'd be like on a ledge or something. So, I'm well, kind of thinking of like, you know, you know, like a gun range and you're like shooting at, kind of shooting at the pumpkins. But then you're, like you're just ruining pumpkins and that's not nice. Don't ruin your pumpkins. <laughs> I'm thinking the little, mi the little mini pumpkins and you throw a baseball at them. I guess. Next one. Number, number seven. Number seven. Jump in a huge pile of leaves. Now, I've always wanted to do that. Now, Dave, growing up in Florida, since you said I've always wanted to do that, I'm guessing you didn't get to do that. No. Well, and then when we go up north, it's already Christmas time and all the leaves are dead. Oh. Well, let me tell you, Dave, not worth the hype. Nope. Okay? I grew up really? in the woods in Virginia, did this a lot. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, you inevitably 
leave a twig in those leaves and you're anally impaled by it, it ruins your jump. Uh, Ew. Second, okay. you jump okay. in those leaves only to see a giant spider sitting beside you on a leaf. Oh, no, thank no, you. No, 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 no. thank Automatically you. out. Exactly. Number I was going to think, like, mm-hmm. they all, you probably, like, keep the, like, you know the leaves will be on you all day. Like, you'll find leaves yeah, in your underwear. You, you will. You you get you'll get leaf debris, de- debris. You'll get leaf no debris bueno. on you. Uh, number eight, host a bewitching Halloween party. Hmm. Yeah, I can get down behind a Halloween well, party. I, I got to be honest. If you already forced people to come over to your backyard dinner, then you forced them to go to your outdoor fall festival. Then you're like, hey, guys, May make sure well. you come over to my bewitching Halloween party. They're going to be like, sweet Jesus, would you stop inviting us to your horse <laughs> for fall? Good <laughs> God. Girl, come on. Right? I mean, they suggest in here that you get a broom chandelier, uh, black linen table cl- uh, cloth, and uh, black furniture. And I gotta say, seems like mm-hmm. buying a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, for, this is an expensive <laughs> list. For a party that everyone in your neighborhood's gonna hate. So, uh, anyways, number nine map out a scavenger hunt. Right? Again, something that can be done any other time of the year. Yeah, that one's a little odd because I'm like, where did the fall activity list disintegrate into a rush week? activity for a fraternity <laughs> like what, why are you going on a scavenger hunt plus like are you doing this with americans because all of my friends i know if i'd be like hey you want to go on a scavenger hunt they'd be like does it involve drinking I'd be like no and be like does it does it involve us leaving the house and i'd be like yeah and be like yeah then no no thanks <laughs> no number 10 use corn cobs for crafting I also is this kind of like a pine cone? Like, yeah. like how people decorate pine cones so, to corn cobs? Well, Country Living suggests that you take corn cobs and have the kids paint them however they see fit. And I gotta say, that seems like quite the waste for good corn. So true. Like, yeah, let's just boil it and <laughs> throw some butter on it. I mean, what's next? We're gonna find a homeless man and start making sidewalk murals out of various food items and be like, hey. We like to be wasteful in our temporary art. You can get this, right, homeless man? Right? Don't you like us using this cake batter? Just smearing it against the floor? We're not going to eat it. <laughs> Suck it. Jeez. Right? It seems a little bit it's a little bit wasteful on that corn. How about you just paint paper? Does that work? Paint paper? There you go. Paint paper? Dave, now that we have jumped headfirst into the fall spirit, are you ready to fire up this show? Fire it up, man. All style. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Mm, fall style to the max, Dave. We have a terrific show. We are going to be joined by Caitlin Shook of the fantastic band, the Shook Twin. She is one twin. Yeah. We are we are talking to one twin, Caitlin. Don't get shook during the interview. Oh, don't worry. She's very nice. Oh. She, she won't shook me. What? Shake me. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited. It's going to be a good time. We're going to hear some of their music. Great stuff. But first, we yeah. start where we start. Birthday suit. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Born in, uh, in Vancouver, Canada. October 26, 1976, our birthday suit wearer was the youngest of four brothers, two of whom 
are police officers, and one is part of the Royal Mounted Police. Our birthday suit wearer did not follow his brothers into law enforcement. Instead, which I'm guessing if he did, that'd be a really hard one to guess. A random Canadian police officer. Guess it. Radium Come on, po- Dave. Come on, Dave. You know him. Frank. Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> nope. He's an Amer- he's American police officer. Floridian, yeah. Floridian. Um, anyways, our birthday suit wearer uh, went into acting, and in 1991, he went on the soap opera titled Hillside. In 2002, he got his biggest break up to that point, starring in Van Wilder. National Lampoon's Van Wilder. He played Van Wilder. He went on to play in Amityville Horror House, X-Men Origins, Green Lantern, The Change-Up, and is probably most known as Deadpool, which he starred in in 2016. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is correct. Yes, indeed. You know, what's, what's not to be jealous of Ryan Reynolds? Rich? Good looking. Oh my god. Funny. Uh, Chiseled abs. Married to Blake Lively. Married to Scarlett Johansson before that. It's uh, very upsetting. Um, But it's his birthday. He's turning the big 4 3. 4 3. Tough for him to. Tough life, man. He's got got three children now. Four. Three children. Oh, man. Yeah, they just announced their, their newest. Newest child into the world. Oh, well, congrats. Yeah. Yes. And uh, have some fun, Ryan. Side Happy note. Birthday. Side note about Ryan's brother that's part of the Mounted Royal Police. They don't actually ride horses anymore. Nope. There you go. Oh, yep, no, bummer. No more horses. That's only for celebratory, uh, uh, like, you know, uh, uh, instances when they're like doing like a yeah. parade or something like traditional yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, they'll bust them out there. Uh, Dave, are you ready to rip some headlines? Rip it, man! It's now time for rip from the headlines. Ooh. Oh, Dave, this next story, this first story, comes from NBC Sports. Yeah, so Miles Garrett, okay. you know Miles, right? Yeah, the uh, 99 for the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Big freaking dude. Number one Huge. overall pick a little while back. He's tied, right now he's tied for the most sacks in the NFL. Um, yeah, Miles was cruising through Cleveland last week in his car, and uh, he stopped at a stoplight. And while at the mm-hmm. stoplight, he said, quote, a fan recognized me. Word. And the fan motioned for him to roll down his window to take a picture. So Miles, being the friendly guy that he is, rolled down his window to accept the request. Mm -hmm. When the man got over to Miles, um, he punched Miles in the face. Wait, what? Dude, crazy. (laughs) Yeah. He just punched him in the face and then ran off and got back in his car. That guy has some cojones. Well, so Huge he's a, a 24-year-old man and was later identified by his license plate and later apprehended. So a couple things here. First, uh, Miles put this on his Twitter and explained this, and he literally said, quote, a fan recognized me. And I got to say, hmm. I don't think you should call him a fan anymore if he punched you in the face. Nope. At best, a der- not a fan. At best, a deranged fan. Uh, you can't say... <laughs> fan in that scenario and then the second thing um this 24 year old dude like you said 
a, a, a lot of confidence, a lot of self-confidence to walk up to a... Maybe some liquid courage. A 6'4", 275-pound defensive end and be like, yeah, I'm going to punch him. Jeez. I'm, I'm going to hit you in the face. Like, I imagine he was talking to his friends before this happened, and he was like, it started out like, I could knock out Tyson Fury. Word. And they were like, you sure about that? And he was like, fine, I'll take it down to something really easy. Miles Garrett, mm. I'll punch him in the face. And they're like, really? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go find him right now. No problem. And just walked out. I was like, oh, thank God he's in his car right there. You can go get him. It's ridiculous. Who would think that? Ridiculous. Dave. Yeah, I, I just, I, I can't, man. Uh, Dave, this next story is from People. People. Oh, Dave. People. Last last week, something monumental happened on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Aniston joined Instagram. Uh oh, watch out! Yeah, yeah. My my fellow co-endorser of lotions. We we're we're on Instagram together now. It's amazing. Do you think that'll be her first picture? Is her. It, like it wasn't. It wasn't for or... Avino. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. She oh. shared a picture of her and all the main cast members of Friends. You know, now. Oh. Like, yeah. now, hanging out. And Dave, she actually mm -hmm. set a Guinness World Record for getting to a million followers in the shortest amount of time ever. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. How long did that take? Five hours, 16 minutes. She was at Holy one million crap, followers, impressive. which I really were, hope. Were you, she, were you one of those? No, I really hope she Neither. had her announcements <laughs> on silent. That would get annoying very fast. <laughs> Jesus, my phone won't shut up. Good Lord, they're really racking up over there. She's now at fifteen million followers. And that is crazy. And I gotta say, uh, this whole story is very reminiscent, though, of when Doc G Show went on Instagram. So true. I mean, we both basically broke the internet. Uh, yeah. It was. It was either like your phone froze too. Yeah. It was either like twenty people or a million in five hours. I can't remember which one, but it was close. One of the two. It's closer to a million. Yeah. Closer I, to a million. I I don't know where they all went in the meantime, <laughs> but <laughs> it's close to a million. Dave. Next story is very scary. Very scary. Um, you can actually tell it if you want at your next fall activities uh, neighborhood gathering, if you want. Uh, okay. Yeah. This, uh, this story actually comes from right here in Jacksonville. News Jack Channel 4. And here it is. I'm going to break it down to you. The, the venomous puss caterpillars are back. Wait, what? Yeah. Puss caterpillars? That's right. The puss caterpillars. puss caterpillars. Yeah. Oh, geez. So the article documents Bree O'Terry of Dade City's encounter with the dreaded puss caterpillar. She said she was leaning against a wooden fence when she felt a stinging in her wrist akin to a fire ant. Mm. She looked down mm. and saw the fuzzy caterpillar moving across the fence. But then... Out of nowhere, she suddenly couldn't breathe, and the pain started moving up her whole entire arm, and it was oh so excruciating, she thought she was going to pass out. 
She said she went to the ER. They gave her morphine, but she said the morphine didn't even help the pain. Jeez. Yes. What? Puss caterpillars, Dave. Puss caterpillars. Oh, my gosh. They're frightening. I'm not going to leave my house anymore. They're frightening. They look just like a mound of fuzz. That's basically all they look like. Um, And could she have actually died from that? No. It's just really painful. Just extremely excruciating painful. Um, So the caterpillar actually turns into the uh, Megalio uh, Opercularis caterpillar uh, moth, which uh, Mm -hmm. is actually, it's called the Southern Flannel Moth. That's its uh, non-scientific name. And it looks like a, it's a really goofy looking moth. So true. Like... It not. I mean. Oh yeah, I just looked it up. Not. It's like yellow. It's and super goofy, man. Looks like it's it's all, got horns. It's all kinds of colors, and it's just fluffy. And you're just like, man. I think here's here's my idea, Dave. I think they should rename the puss caterpillar to the devil cat. That's a fact. Right. Oh. That's it's actually yeah, because it kind of looks like one of those fluffy cats. Yeah, and it serves both purposes. It, it, mm-hmm. it cat. Mm-hmm. For caterpillar, as in puss, and then and and then puss cat devil, but it's it's a demon cat, devil puss, devil cat. There, we there go. you go, devil cat. That's Put what it, it should be books. called. I'm just saying, rename it, and people would be much more frightened if they hear devil cats are out there than a, a puss caterpillar. So true. <laughs> doesn't doesn't work. Doesn't work. Not you're not lying, Dave. This next story is from ABC Channel Seven in Los Angeles. Um. So the folks at ABC uh, Channel 7, apparently they were looking, they were like, we need to spice some things up. We need to inflate and get excited about one of these research uh, papers that we ha- we haven't talked about for a while. What? So they found a paper from the University of Bordeaux in France that found that the response to sugar and chocolate in chocolate chip cookies is as strong as the neurological response to cocaine. Hmm. Yes. Oh. Yes. So the lead uh, researcher, Ahmed, and his fellow researchers found that sugar and sweetness can induce a reward and craving that is comparable in the magnitude to those induced by addictive drugs. And I've got to call a a little bit of bull****. Just a little bit. Like, I'm sure there are, like, first of all, what do we mean by comparable? What do we mean by compare? Because, like, I, I can tell you right now, I've never seen anybody sell their house to keep their addiction of chocolate chip cookies going. Like, you know, like, <laughs> if they're getting low on money, they're going to be like, well, I love chocolate chip cookies, but they've got to go now. Like, you know, like, nobody's going to be doing that. And if this were a tr- true, like, if this were actually, like, one-to-one comparison, like, addiction centers would just have cookies. So true. Like... People would come in, because, like, let's be honest, chocolate chip cookies aren't good for you, but they're a lot better for you than cocaine is. And, like, you know. Uh, we, I think we can agree on that. Yeah, and if somebody walks in to the addiction center and is like, hey, I'm addicted to cocaine, uh, the doctor at the treatment facility would be like, oh, um, here, eat you this. some cookies. And they'd just give them a cookie, and they'd be like, oh, thanks. And they'd walk out and never think about cocaine again. Like, they, I need another cookie. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just saying, Dave. Sounds like they need to do a little bit more research into that. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. 
It's just uh, we we need more. We need we need we need it to get deeper. You can't just say there's. there's it's a comparable. You know, give, how close? Give me how close? Exactly. Are we? Exactly. Um, okay, Dave. This next story comes from Newsweek. Now Man, you got some reliable sources this week. That's right. So true. That's right. We're going deep and only the best. We're going deep into the sources, uh, Dave. You know what's a bad look for an off-duty cop? Hmm. Um, doing something illegal. Yes. Yeah, and specifically for this story, getting caught on camera holding a gun to Stealing. a 13-year-old's face, telling him, I'll shoot you in the face. Jeez. That doesn't look oh, good. Oh, God. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Would you like me to explain? Yes, please. So, uh, some teenagers in Ralph's Skate Park... Uh, in San Clemente, California, were playing some music. They were playing in a, in a band. They brought their, their group there, and they were playing. That's when uh, the off-duty cop came in from the baseball field that is adjacent to the skate park. Hmm. The, the man, the off-duty officer, was not wearing a cop's uniform because he was off-duty. And he just came up to the kids and were like, Hey, turn your music down. And they were just like, uh, what? He was like, I will take you to jail if you keep playing your music. And they're just like, what are you talking about? And one of the teenagers steps in between the off-duty cop and his friend that he's yelling at. And that's when the off-duty cop pulled out his gun and said, I'll shoot you in the face if you don't stop. Which, I mean... God, what the heck is wrong with this? Like, you're on a park... At least the, ki- the kids aren't causing any trouble. Not at all. You're the one making trouble. Not at all. And I mean, I know I bring this a lot uh, up a lot in these scenarios, but this is another one I got to sort of wonder. What What's the cop thinking after all this went down? Did he like walk away I from- showed those kids. Yeah, like did he walk away and was like, whew, handle that situation like a respectable officer of the law That's and correct. there will be no negative ramifications whatsoever. Good for me. Also, like, what happened to make him go over there? Was, like, him and his wife, like, watching a rec league baseball game? He's like, geez, they are making a lot of noise over there. And he goes, Hold on, honey. I'll go over there. I'll handle it. I'll threaten some minors by telling them I'll shoot them in their face, and they'll settle down. It'll be, it'll be fine. I'll be right back after this. Just give me a second. Like, just like, yeah. what? I got this, honey. So weird. Dave... Don't worry, I dropped down the rep- reputability of our sources. We're now going to AL.com, as in Alabama.com. Yeah! There we go. So, Dave... I still think that's pretty official. That's it's right. The Alabama. That's right. Uh, Dave, there's an Oxford University project out there called the Oxyrhynchus Papyri Project. It's a That's a mouthful. Uh, yeah, it's a collection of papyri, you know, papyrus uh, writings. Not papaya plant no. fruit. Well, uh, you know, the, the paper formed on papyrus uh, that was excavated from the ancient city of Oxyrhynchus. Now, in that collection, there were apparently some of the earliest Bible verses of the New Testament known to man. Specifically, oh, uh, the writings of Mark. Mark, right? That's crazy. Yeah. And as it was called on the street, there was some first century Mark in this collection. 
some first century mark. Word. But apparently, the Oxyrhynchus papyri project doesn't have these first century marks anymore because Hobby Lobby bought them from an Oxford professor that sold them under the table hmm. from the Oxyrhynch, uh, Oxyrhynchus papyri Hobby project. Hobby Lobby? Yeah. Hobby Lobby? What? Yeah. You heard right, Dave. Hobby Lobby bought the oldest Bible from an Oxford professor in a shady under-the-table deal. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so Steve Green, he's the owner of Hobby Lobby. And let me tell you, Steve is all about some Jesus memorabilia. Um, sure. He's he's all about it. And in the past 10 years, he's been amassing some pretty sweet Jesus gear. Uh, he's got all kinds of stuff. And apparently, Dirk Obink, uh, he's the professor from Oxford that sold him this oldest known copy of the Book of Mark. Uh, now, the uh -huh. Washington Post was the first to break the story. And uh, Professor Obink, he denies it. He says this it didn't happen. He didn't do that. Um, however, if this is true, I've got to say how weird this is and how what are both guys thinking hmm. like what are both the professor and steve green thinking first of all steve green the dude that owns hobby lobby him and his dad opened the bible museum in washington dc and used 500 million dollars to do it you know what wow jeez i mean does he really? That's so. Like, does he wow. really think that when he dies and he he meets up with Jesus, Jesus is going to be conceited enough to be like, "Hey, bro, thanks for dedicating that sweet museum to me and my book. That was awesome, man." That's definitely what he's going to be doing. <laughs> That's way more important than helping out unfortunate people and diseased individuals. Thanks, thanks for wasting that money on that awesome museum. So true. Like, what? I mean, just saying. It's just saying, I don't remember him acting like that in the Bible anywhere. Nope. Second, the professor that sold him the Bible parts better have spent that money on helping the poor because he's going to have even awkward, more awkward conversation with JC. And JC's going to be like, so you're telling me you sold parts of the Bible illegally, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was, it was, yep. it was to the guy that you like, Steve Green. He's owner of the Bible Museum, right? Huh? Yeah? Dave, we're going back. It's time for another Newsweek story. Time okay. for another Newsweek story. So I think, as we've mentioned before, just like the guy that punched Miles Garrett in the face, we can all be considered to be a little bit overconfident sometimes. That's a fact. A little overconfident sometimes. Us? No way, man. And uh, for whatever reason... Sometimes we get a little little full of ourselves, and I think that happened to a Texas man the other day. So uh, Jason San Miguel, he was alerted by the police that he had been charged with burglary and was wanted for it. And uh, mm. one of the detectives working the case called San Miguel personally and let him know. He's like, hey, you're wanted, so you might want to turn yourself in. And Sam Miguel was like, oh, well, I don't feel like turning myself in. Hmm. And the detective Ooh. was like, um, we're, we're going to have to come get you then. 
And he was like, I don't think anybody in the Wharton Police Department can catch me. Nope. And uh, the detective uh, went back to the rest of the police department. Uh, They put their heads together. And they put out a Facebook Mm -hmm. post that had a picture of Sam Miguel and said, challenge accepted. Right? Ooh. And uh, I got to be honest. It wasn't that hard of a challenge. Because the police first were like, you know where we should try first? His house. And that's where the search ended. Girl, come on. He was at his own house. That's sneaky. It was almost so obvious. Now, now, to, to Newsweek's credit, they did try to make him look uh, a little bit better because they said he was hiding in the attic. But, you know, for me, oh. that's like even worse. He tried the same hiding trick as like a three-year-old when you're playing hide and seek. I'm like never fucked. I'm like I'm surprised he didn't put a lampshade over his head and standing in the corner like mm, <laughs> mm, not just over. Imagine him like a like a 350-pound man with just a lampshade over his head. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, Dave, that has been ripped from the headlines. We are going to take a break. We are going to hear from the Shook Twins. We will be right back here on the Doc G Show. Don't get shook. Get it?
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Hmm. Guys, stop what you're doing. Go onto your app store or whatever store you use mm-hmm. and download any podcast streaming app. Mm-hmm. We will be on all of them. It's true. Literally, you think of it, we're on it. Yep. The Doc G Show. Yep. Then go to give us a, a rating. Mm-hmm. You know you want to give us a five-star rating. Mm-hmm. Give a little comment. Mm-hmm. Tell us who you love, why mm-hmm. you love us. Mm-hmm. And uh, check out the website, www.thedocgshow.com. Boom. Do it. I think that's one of your best ever, Dave. That was nice. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Dave, I didn't get to one story that I want to bring up and rip from the headlines. Uh, Okay. So this last story comes from Business Insider. uh, And there's a new luxury apartment being designed in Amberg, Germany. Hmm. A site of listeners of the Doc G Show. And uh, it's going to be pretty nice. They're going to have a rooftop garden, big rooftop garden. Mm -hmm. It's going to also have a hotel in the bottom half. It's going to have 136 rooms, uh, a bar, a cafe, and a restaurant. Um, Now, there's one thing that makes this hotel really uh, unique, and uh, that would be that it is a Nazi bunker. Wait, what? No way. Yeah. Yeah. These apartment makers decided to take a Nazi bunker and make it into apartments in a hotel. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That seems so That's very crazy. odd. Yes! Like, I mean, I know the building doesn't hold the slaves and Nazis anymore, and it's not like, you know, using anti-aircraft guns to shoot down Allied bombers, but that's hard to get out of your head, you know? So true. Definitely. Here, here's an analogy for you, Dave. It's like if your dog, for whatever reason, walked into your kitchen and took out a dinner plate and took a on top of that dinner plate. What? Like, mm. sure, you could wash that dinner plate, and you know all the germs are off that dinner plate, but it'd be a little hard to use that dinner plate again. You'd think twice before you would. put baked ziti on it. You're like, mm, the dog plate? Yeah. Mm. That's sort of the way I feel if I was going to buy an apartment there. I'd be like, yeah, the Nazi apartments. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of weird, right? I just saw that and I was like, man, what a weird place to put some apartments. It's odd. Speaking, speaking of odd, let's talk about people that like to listen to our show because they're usually pretty odd. So true. Let's talk, give them some shout outs, Dave. Let's give them some shout outs. Regulars. Let's do it. Time for the regulars, of course. Duval, Bam. Jacksonville, right Duval. here. Duval. And of course, right behind them, Columbia SC. Shout out to the Cox. Almost. Go Cox. Shout Almost out. had a win this weekend, but no. No win. No win. A little uh, short. Atlanta GA. Atlanta GA. A town. Yeah. Peace up. A town down. Shout and of course, out. Genoa, Italy. Shout out, Genoa. Mm. Some shout out Citrus Heights, our West Coast connection. Shout out to those guys. Shout out. Shout out to West Coast. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Radford, Virginia, of course, keeping a real Highlander nation. Shout and lastly, oh yeah, shout out. Rad. Shout Third. out to Mozambique. 
Mozambique. Uh, Mozambique. Okay. Okay, time for semi-regulars. Here we go. Uh, Arlington, Virginia. They're semis, man. They're semis. Oh, they're, they're getting there. They're getting there. Another one in the same state in the VA. Ashburn. Semi-regulars. Thank you, Ashburn. The Doc G lovers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Next. The Land, Cleveland, Ohio, semi-regular. Shout out to those guys. O-H-I-O. Next one, shout out out to San Jose, California. Those are the last last, uh, uh, semi-regulars. Here are the newcomers to the Doc G Show. Here we go. new kids on the block. Shout out to Quezon City, the Philippines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Justin's Sh- recruiting for us. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope he's telling his his relatives, like, hey, guys, I'm on this show. That's right. You got to listen. Shout out to Via de la Rosas, Argentina. Shout out. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Shout out to my man Santiago from, San, uh, from Argentina. Yes, indeed. Uh, shout out to Vienna, Austria. Yes. Shout yes, out. Vienna. Vienna. Always wanted to go to Vienna. Well, uh, let's hook up with these people that listen to our show. And we've got a place to stay. Boom. So true. Um, shout out to Attleboro, Mass. Shout out. Attleboro, Massachusetts. Yeah. Which is, uh, Mass, it's, okay. it's just northeast of Providence, Rhode Island. Right there on the south side of Mass. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, shout out to Thornbury, Australia. Yeah. Shout out. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you to all the listeners of the Doc G Show. Thanks, guys. We love you. Dave, ready? Shout outs are over. It is time for the second birthday suit. Here we go. Let go. Born on October 23rd, 1959 in Downey, mm. California. Our birthday suit wearer was an only child. Our birthday suit wearer took his first accordion lesson Right before his sixth birthday, hmm. a door-to-door salesman asked his parents whether his son would like to play the accordion or guitar, and his parents chose accordion. Accordion. Wow. Our, our birthday suit wearer went to uh, California Polytechnic at San Luis Obispo and earned a degree in architecture. Oh. Hmm. But while at school, he also became a DJ at the university radio station. His senior year, he heard the song My Sharona by The Knack and decided to remake it My Baloney. He followed that up with his remake of the Queen song, Another One Bites the Dust, except his was Another One Rides the Bus. Hmm. He's went on to win five Grammys. And sold millions. Weird Al. Weird Al Yankovic is correct. Let's go. Yes, indeed. And he is very weird. Yes. He is, but we love him. He's won five Grammys, sold millions of albums, and he's turning the big 6 0. Weird Al 60. Weird Al 60. My favorite one is White and Nerdy, the Chameleon Air remix. Nice. Yeah, caught him riding white and nerdy. Like it. Like it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dave, it's October. As we know, we're knee-deep in fall, and we're also starting... We're more than knee-deep. We're starting the World (laughs) Series, Dave. (laughs) 
We're starting oh, the yeah. World Series. And I got to say, I'm always thrown that. off when somebody brings up baseball without like a preemptive establishment that we're going to talk baseball. You know, when somebody's like, yeah. oh, man, the reserves for the Nationals were crazy last night. And I'm just like, what? Uh, huh? Huh? <laughs> and then they're like, in the game? I'm like, oh, baseball. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Sorry. I don't know what a reserve is. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, the Nationals, they're playing the Astros. And since it's the first time that the Nationals are in the World Series, I thought we'd take a look at where the Nationals play their games, the Nationals Park, on why would you review that? Yes. I like it. Why would you review that? Did somebody tell him this is a really bad idea for a segment? They did, and he didn't care. <sighs> All right, it's time for Why Would You Review That? Yes, Dave, Nationals Park was opened in 2008. At the time, it cost $693 million. The stadium can hold 41,339 people. It has held concerts for Paul McCartney, Billy Joel, Taylor Swift, and it held mass with the Pope Sweet. one time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a good size stadium, like uh, baseball stadium. Pretty solid. 41's a lot. Pretty solid. Yeah. Now, Dave, a lot of reviews, 10,440 reviews, and on average, 4.6 nice. stars. But, of course, we're Pretty not good. in it. We're not in it for the good ratings. We want to know about no, the crappy not. ratings. So let's see what kind of hor horrible reviews have made it for the National Park. Let's start let's do it. with Diane Brantley. She's got a she's got a classic here. Quote, did not go there. End quote. Hmm. Hmm. Tough. Mm. Tough to judge it, Diane. Tough to judge it when you don't go there. Can't can't give it a one star. It's tough to do. Next, Josh Real. Josh Real. He comes in with a hot take. Quote, place sucks. Period. No personality. <laughs> End quote. Word. Well, you see, Josh, it's a stadium. Since yeah, stadiums not, are... Not right in the game. Since they're innately uh, a thing and not a person, they don't have personalities because they're not a person. That's how that works. So true. You could have said character if you wanted to have proper syntax for your sentence. Just saying. Just think about it, Josh. Come on now. Come on. Work N on that. Nicholas Goggle. Nicholas Goggle says, quote, I feel violated for having to pay $6 for a hot dog that more closely resembles a party wiener than a respectable Frankfurter. End quote. Wait, what? Well, Nicholas, I feel <laughs> violated that I had to read your sentence that included both party wiener and respectable Frankfurter in it. That's a fact. That's yep. violation number one right there. Corey, <laughs> Corey Flangen. Corey Flangen comes in and says, quote, treated like a criminal for a corporate event. Bag checks for corporate events is unacceptable. Unquote. Or end quote. Um, I don't know, Corey, if you are a criminal or not. And I'm guessing the folks at National Park don't judge a book by its cover. Nope. So they check everyone's bag. That. 
okay? Mm-hmm. Even if it's coming in for corporate events, accept it. We treat everyone as equals, Corey. Equals! National Park! Equals. Sorry. I should probably, it's at this moment, I disclose that I have a lot of stock in National Park. What? <laughs> National Park yeah, doesn't you, have stock. You seem to be just really <laughs> into it. <laughs> just. <laughs> n- <laughs> what are you watching CNBC for? National Park stock. What the hell are you talking about? I'm insane. Just let me watch this. Anyways, Dino Sings. Dino Sings comes in and says, quote, congested. And we all know who's this who this park is built for, don't we? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Hmm. Who's it built for? I don't know. Nope. Dino's got the, me. I have no idea the who it's baseball built for. Players? I I guess. Dino, you're gonna be need to be more specific for me, me and Dave. We don't know. We don't know who you're We're talking not smart about. Enough. No. Uh, okay, here we go. Claudia Delancey comes in and says, quote, worst place ever to see a concert. Very unorganized. Rude staff. Oh, did I mention? It's very unorganized. That's a fact. For the price I paid for a ticket, they should have rolled out the red carpet. Highway robbery, I tell you. Hmm. I don't care who's playing. I will never be attending a concert there again. Uh, Dave, I gotta say, I really, um, I'm getting the feeling that Claudia thinks they're unorganized. Hmm. And, uh, I kinda got that too. Second, I, I'm, I don't really know why they should roll out the red carpet for you. Like, did they tell Claudia that they were gonna roll out the red carpet for her in the ticket? Because yeah, I don't, in the description for I what you're getting. I don't really expect that ever to happen with the ticket. And then, I like how she started talking like a 30s beat Unless writer. Unless you pay this shit, Like, in the, middle of her, in the middle of her review, she turned into a 1930s beat writer. Highway robbery, I tells ya. Like, what the that? That was just weird. Let's go to Timmy. Timmy says, quote. Oh, Timmy. There is no longer mayonnaise in the stadium, dot, dot, dot. Not cool. Oh, my oh, che- poor guy. My cheesesteak was dry AF, exclamation Ew. point. Thanks again, Ew. Nads. Oh, man. Dude, God, Timmy. Timmy, no food lube. Better on- condiment choice. No food lube on his cheesesteak. I can't argue with you there, Timmy. That's obviously deserves a one star. Second, I got to ask, why was mayonnaise banished from the stadium? Seems like a very odd thing to be banished from. Um, probably we probably don't want to know. Honestly. Probably, <laughs> probably not. No, that's true. That is definitely true. Uh, John Warden he comes in with the hottest review here. Quote: Dropping the super hot fire. This this team name is stupid. Period. This stadium uh. is pathetic. Period. Please feed and pack me and like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. By the way, I oh, don't have God. Instagram. <laughs> end quote. Wait, what? By the way. Do you hear that, folks? Don't add him on Instagram, all right? John Warden doesn't have one, okay? It's not really him. I got to be honest, though. I got a feeling when John Warden gets on Instagram, he's going to break Jennifer Aniston's record. He's going to break it. Oh, it'll be close. Just close, man. Just just a hunch, man. So there you go, Dave. If you're planning on seeing a World Series game at National Park, that's what you have to contend with right there. 
Right. Man, there. I don't know if I'd go now since there's no mayonnaise. That's no mayonnaise, and also they're organized. No red carpet. Yep. Team the hell name. Are they doing there. Team name is stupid. Stadium is pathetic. Don't forget to uh, feedback John Warden on Facebook, not <laughs> on Instagram, not on Instagram. We are gonna take a break. We will be right back with Caitlin Shook of the Shook Twins right here on the Doc G Show. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show. Today we are joined by one twin of the fantastic group, the Shook Twins, Miss Caitlin Shook. Caitlin, how's it going today? It's going good. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, I would say I'd love to have you guys in the studio but I am glad you're not in the studio for one reason, and that's looking stupid trying to guess which one's which, because I've seen a lot of folks fail on that in interviews with you guys, them being like, and Caitlin, wrong. Okay, you? Yeah, okay. 50-50, I yeah. got it. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, when we don't have our instruments in our hands, it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> Let's take it all the way back. You guys grew up in Idaho, um, and you, you had a musical family. Your dad played some guitar. Your uh, granddad, he made a, he made a recent uh, album appearance for you guys. Uh, who would you say was the biggest musical inspiration in your family growing up? Hmm. Well, I never really, never, nobody's asked that question. I've never really thought about it because um, Grandpa and Dad were both just like um, casual musicians, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grandpa played just improv piano, and we would sit under his grand piano when we were little. And he, I think that's kind of where we started yeah. the, the love of music. And my dad just um, strummed a little guitar, and but it wasn't, um, you know. It wasn't like a professional or a very serious thing for either of them. So, so it's uh, just a but, pastime that made you guys yeah. like it. Wow. Yeah, and that's that, I guess that was inspiring in itself because it just made it look fun. You know? Nice, nice. Well, since uh, since you're from Idaho and there's not there's not an overwhelming amount of musicians coming out of Idaho, I do have to ask. A couple of months back, we had Reckless Kelly on the show, oh. and they're originally from Idaho, and I was wondering if you guys knew each other if there were odds that you guys knew each other no we haven't met yet okay they're from stanley idaho i don't know i don't know the locations in idaho if that's anywhere close to where you guys are from stanley's the other cool town in idaho (laughs) but we're like eight hours apart (laughs) nice the other cool town there's only the other one there's only two we've got two cool towns uh Now, I heard you mention some of your favorite uh, groups growing up. I heard you guys mention the Shirelles and the Beatles. And uh, I'm interested because I'm around you and your sister's age. Uh, were you guys into the popular music of the time growing up? So, you know, the you know mid-90s, were you into Hootie and the Blowfish and Pearl Jam and Alanis Morissette and Gin Blossoms, that oh, yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, we were all in with the pop scene. Yeah, well, I was about <laughs> to... starting from Celine Dion was our favorite when we were little, and then got into all the alt stuff. Alanis Morissette was we were obsessed with her. <laughs> nice. Well, I I've seen you guys kill a rendition of Fuji's "Killing Me Softly." You guys did oh, a nice. fantastic job of that. That was very good. With beatbox and everything in the background. Um, 
So you guys love music, like you said, but you didn't really uh, start playing in earnest until you got a you got a guitar, right? When you were seventeen. Yeah, so we started a little late. Yeah, and uh, did you did you just dive right in then? Was it like I'm I'm going all in now and I'm going to play every day for several hours, or was it slowly built over time? It slowly built over time. Yeah, we've never been like hardcore instrumentalists, that's for sure. Yeah, um, we we learned right as we were graduating high school and kind of got the bug a little bit, but then we it kind of stopped while we were going to college because we were focused on our studies. We were so studious. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking, of, speaking of that, you guys went to uh, University of Idaho for radio, TV, digital media. Um, I, got a, I, I, I heard that you guys had the idea of hosting your own travel channel called yeah, wow, The Travel Twins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, do you have right now a favorite host on the Travel Channel? Do you guys still check out the Travel Channel? Or have you put it by the wayside? I don't, yeah. I don't have real TV, so I haven't oh, watched the Travel Channel since like high school, but we were like super into it. Oh, and then just, just the whole concept of being able to travel and, and uh, you know make a living out of it. But then we realized we really hated being on TV. and. <laughs> So that that kind of faded pretty quick. <laughs> hey, but you do get to travel, so that's yeah, exactly. And there you go. You get the benefit of not being on TV. You get the benefit of traveling. You get the benefit of playing music. And speaking of that, yeah. you uh, you did your first gig, two thousand four, and uh, that was your first paying gig, and it was at a restaurant. And uh, I got to say, was that a Channing and moment uh, a moment for you realizing, man, I can get paid to do this was that yeah, exactly was that a, a was that a uh, i know you've said several times that you you didn't really you guys didn't have a a turning point but was that a big realization of like maybe maybe we should do this a lot more often yeah exactly i think we yeah we paid for like three hours which is crazy i, I, <laughs> I couldn't believe we had that many songs and um and we got paid like 400 bucks, I think. And, so, and that's pretty good for your free yeah. gig. And so we were just like, holy, holy sh**, this is doable. <laughs> and so, yeah, from then then on, we kind of decided we would play live more, you know. Yeah. And, uh, got some, some weekly gigs and kept going. <laughs> it's definitely always funny when you first start getting paid for music because you don't really think about all of the other things that go into it. You just get that paycheck of like $400 and you're like, oh my God. If you think about that, we were playing for like three hours. That's over like $100 an hour. That's really nice. And then you forget about the travel and the setup and the practicing and and everything. And you're like, oh, you know, once I add all that in, that wasn't so great. I paid to do this. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys decided to go to Portland to further the career in 2009. And uh, I've seen this a little bit, uh, but why did you guys choose Portland? What what dragged you in for Portland? Uh, well, we'd we'd hit it a couple times on previous small tours, um, and I don't know. We always got this sense whenever we were there that it felt um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It was just a feeling of this could be a home, you know. Mm-hmm. And that just really r- rarely happens to us because we, you know, we're small town girls, and we, uh, you know, rare, rarely anything beats our hometown because it's so beautiful and feels so good there and um yeah we just always got the feeling of home from portland we would visit and uh yeah in 2009 when we decided to 
to branch out and maybe take the band to a more serious level. We just really, that was the first city that called to us because it's not too far away from home. You know, we mm-hmm. can still come back and forth and uh, it's not too big. So it was, it was perfect. And we've been here for almost 10 years. Nice. Nice. Now they've got the slogan in Portland, uh, keep Portland weird. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in your opinion, is it weird? It was weird. They haven't <laughs> kept it as weird as I'd hoped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed uh, back in the summer, you guys partook in the uh, World Naked Bike Ride. Um, yeah. A little bit of a protest there, uh, but a happy yeah. protest. Uh, yeah. How was that? Oh, it's awesome. We've done it like four times. Yeah. And, uh, it's magical. It's like skinny dipping through the air. No. <laughs> Skinny dipping without the water and a bike. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do you go? Do you go full, full nude, or do you go with some clothes when you guys go? I do. I do a little clothes. Okay. It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I can't handle the cold in the in the north in the northwest. I'm I'm too. Oh yeah, you're a Florida boy. Yeah, yeah. It's much that the 80s year round is much more my style. That would be that would be yeah. good riding for me on the bike. Uh, so I love to know my guest hometown through food. So if I'm coming to Portland and I call you up and I'm like, Hey, where should I eat in Portland? I've got one night in Portland. Where are you sending me? What's the idea? Hot yai. It's this, uh, street food, Thai food place. It's like, oh, it's so amazing. They have the most incredible fried chicken in the world. And this great peanut sauce and the sticky rice and roti. Oh, it's so good. You know what what I love about that is you did not hesitate on that. I've had so many people that are that are like, uh, mm, uh I don't know, places, but well, there's you so many had, options. You had it though. You you obviously you've got that chicken on your mind. I can tell. You've got yeah, that chicken on your so mind. It's so good. Yeah, do. <laughs> now you guys have had you've got to play at some pretty cool venues and a pretty amount of cool places like I saw like BBC London, you got to perform on on there which is that's i mean that's awesome in itself uh if i were to ask you you know what was your favorite place to play up to this point and you don't have i know it's hard to pick favorites when somebody says pick favorite there's been a a lot of great ones you can give me a couple if you want but where are some of the high points that you said man i can't believe we're we're playing this right now Uh, yeah there's no hesitation for me on this one either red rocks oh nice yeah, yeah th- that is incredible. a magical place to to see a show, and I would imagine play a show would be my guess. That is very nice. Yeah, uh, mind blowing. Now, one side note: I noticed way back in the career there, about five years ago, American Idol contacted you guys and was like, "Hey, you should audition for American Idol." Oh, and you guys got to audition separately, which I found to be like a really odd uh, request. Uh, you guys, you guys seem put off by that to a degree. I read your uh, your letter response to that. I mean, what, what was the initial reaction to that as far as them being like, "Hey, you guys split up your group and audition for this show"? <laughs> yeah, it was. We were just a little perturbed by it. It was just. It's just frustrating that they they do that. They reached out to us and mm-hmm. it's because somebody referred us and that's what they do apparently is they go to when they're going to a city for tryouts they reach out to some people that they that already you know have some sort of career and they know that they're at least a decent singer 
And then they offer, they just, it was just so pompous and so just like assuming that they were the number one way to get to, you know, yeah. stardom or whatever. And how they, how they worded it, just like, of course you'd have to separate, have to audition separately. You know, <laughs> at, when looking at our career, we're a twin duo, you know, we've, we've established this grassroots uh, career that we're really, that we were proud of. And yeah, we were just like so angry that they, and just, it was just so yeah it'd be so weird too i mean even like it's like some weird gladiator exhibition of like sister versus sister go this one loses sorry we like the other one better like so yeah and they probably wanted that drama too which is just gross and we don't and i just thinking of music as a competition has never settled well with me so yeah it was was nice to stick it to them and tell them (laughs) how we felt and the response from our fans were really cool it was it was Very nice, very nice. Well, let's talk about the newest album, fantastic album. It's been doing uh, real well uh, streaming-wise. Uh, both Safe and Stay Wild are over a, thou- or a million streams on uh, on Spotify, almost two million with uh, Safe. Uh, first, let's talk artwork. You got some killer artwork, and I hear that's your dad's artwork. Yeah, our dad does all of our, our album art, except for the... Um the little EP we did right before the newest full-length record. Um, somebody else did that, but nice. yeah, he's done. It's a tradition. He does all of our artwork, and we love it. He's he's our favorite living artist. And <laughs> Has, he hardly ever does art anymore. He's he's got arthritis, and he just kind of now he just works on bikes, which is art in itself, I guess. But yeah. um, we're kind of to do our album album covers is the only time he ever paints anymore so it's cool to make him do it <laughs> as, as he was was he ever at like at, at this point since you've had several albums was he like hey i thought this was like a one-off deal i didn't know i was gonna have <laughs> yeah. to do this repeatedly like it seems i mean because he puts it, it's some fantastic artwork that uh is it is it a butterfly on the one uh on the album uh the previous album the uh, yeah, close up. What we do. It's, yeah. It's a moth. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a crea- he created his own species of moth. <laughs> nice. It's very detailed. It's very nice. Yeah. Like that had to take some some man hours for sure. Um, so speaking of hours, uh, it seems like uh, it took a pretty good amount to come up with this album because it was five years uh, between what we do and this album and uh what we do was produced by ryan hadlock and how did you approach this album how was it different from what we do so you know recording this one because as far as recording with ryan it seemed like this sort of bigger production you were taking the step towards larger production and you, you you went to his studio in washington so so how how did this one differ as far as uh as far as some good lives um yeah it was, it was quite a different process and with what we do with ryan we did it all in one uh, one chunk of time we went up to the studio and actually stayed there for we did it in 20 days i think mm-hmm which was, it was really cool to get it all done right there and just kind of, you know, have it condensed into one moment of life. But um, with Some Good Love, the new record, we just wanted to try it and try to do something different, not because we didn't like the other way, it's just because we wanted to really want to try something different for every album. And um, we just took our time and, and spread it out over, you know, the course of um, over a year. And mm-hmm. we would just go into the studio when we had time off of tour and, 
and just do um, recording in three song little chunks and um it was good and bad i mean i i you have to kind of think of an album in one of my favorite Ani DeFranco lines is this is a, a recording of the song in a room I forget the exact exact quote but um, it's like you have to just accept that this is this this recording is of this song at this time in that room with these people you know and mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah it was kind of we would play these songs on tour because uh, we weren't saving them and uh, so we'd record our first three chunks uh, three songs in one chunk and then play the, play the songs you know over the course of six months or something and when we come back to listen to the what we recorded we had we realized that the song had evolved mm-hmm. <laughs> you know while playing it live and so a couple of them we actually did go back in and record over some new parts that we had just come up with or something so i liked that i like to let it let the songs really marinate and really become what they like let it become something different over time and then you make sure you capture the best version of it mm-hmm. um but it's what took so long. <laughs> you know, we had to, eventually we got to just say, okay, this is it. You know, you got to just call it. So, uh, um, but it was really fun too, and we just like it took a long time. And it- very nice, very nice. Well, now one of my favorite jams uh, on the album is "What Have We Done." Um, it's funky. It's got horns. Mm-hmm. It's got an organ. Yeah. Now I heard you guys wrote that for for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we when he was running the first time and just woke up. Nice, nice. Well, you know, by the way, Bernie, I hope you're feeling better. I'm sure you're listening to my my show, so I hope <laughs> I hope you're getting over that that heart attack, man. That was serious, oh, no. man. Oh, no, he's doing fine. He's he's, he's doing good. Uh, now, just yeah. a couple of weeks ago, you released the acoustic version of "Want Love." Um, I've noticed you've released several of them uh, acoustic uh, in in the last couple of weeks. Why why did you decide to release these, uh, re-release them as far as acoustic singles? Well, we wanted to, um, well, the EP eventually that we're releasing these singles for, the EP um, is going to be called Thought of a B-Side. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that actually comes from one a line from one of us, uh, another song on Some Good Lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're trying to just keep up with the whole Spotify game and like how different music releasing has become in oh, our yeah. time of, of being musicians. And um, just looking at like all the data and stuff from our streams, we it's just so rare that people will actually listen to a whole record on Spotify now. Mm-hmm. And it's not just us, thankfully. I, I mean, I felt sad that you know, we weren't getting full full album streams, but that's like the way of all bands, you know, yeah. even the Rolling Stones, you don't get the the last half of the record just like dropped off of on, on stream numbers. And so our managers and us had this idea to um, just get a, shed a little more light on those, a couple of those tracks that were on the B side of Some Good Lives and uh, just record alternate versions of them just to nice. try to get a little more love out of it. And, yeah, so we, we did No Choice that we released first on September 13th, and mm-hmm. then we released Want Love um, a couple weeks after that. I forget the date. And um, and next, um, the other one we did we did was Got Your Message, and then we were also released, we recorded and we'll release two um, new songs that just Lori wrote all by herself, and they're really, really beautiful, soft sweeties. And yeah, the whole EP is just kind of just more mellow versions yeah. and more acoustic. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, in the middle of the album, I, I mentioned it before, you have a little uh, piano hiatus. Um, 
and it's piano part your your granddad did. Um, how did you find that that piece? Where did where did that recording come from? Because it seems like a deep cut there. Yeah, it's actually yeah, it's a really it's beautiful, and I can't and I'm so thankful that I found it. Our grandma was um, really adamant about recording a whole bunch of stuff, and we're so I'm so glad she did. She was just kind of OCD about pressing record on this tape deck that she had when we were growing up and <laughs> our grandpa died <laughs> grandpa died when we were seven so we haven't i hadn't heard him play piano in so many years and one christmas i was home with my parents and my dad and i found this box old box of tapes that my grandma had made and we just put one in and it was him playing and we both just started weeping because we both hadn't heard that in so long and it was so it's it's such a distinct way of playing piano it's like so grandpa you know i've never heard anybody else <laughs> It's just it's a flavor that's just his, and it's really beautiful. And um, so that that recording on the album is from those tapes, and that's from the 80s or 91, maybe. Yeah. And it was actually him playing in the last month of his life. He was he he was really sick. Of, he got cancer, and but he would always still want to play piano. And so my grandma would always hit record when he sat down. And, and yeah, it's so definitely it really a good yeah good moment to put on the the album for sure. One other thing I want to ask you guys uh, about is you seem to you, you partake in a side band every once in a while called Side Boob. Um, yeah, I watched a fantastic rendition of Four Non Blondes. What's up? You guys seem to like to jam out to that one every now and then. What can you tell me about Side Boob? Um, yeah, it's a really cool movement that we've created. Uh, we didn't create it. It was uh, us and, I mean, Lori and I and Mimi Naja from Fruition and Ali Crawl from Yonder Mountain. Mm -hmm. And um, those are the, we're the four main gals because we've been at, we only perform as side boob at this festival out here in the West Coast, right, right outside of Portland called Northwest String Summit. Mm -hmm. And um, the, this festival always books Shook Twins, Fruition, and Yonder Mountain Sing Band. And so um, for a while there, we were kind of the only consistent women at the festival. Yeah. And uh, um, so we decided to uh, band together and, you know, try to just make a set of just women playing music. And then it's grown. We've done it this last year. It was the fifth year. And it's grown to, we started with just five of us gals. There's another, um, uh, our friend Kat, who plays ripping harmonica. Mm -hmm. She was the original too. But we, we've added a bass player and a drummer. And over the course of five years, uh, it's just like a, a commodity now, and we just played that. We just headlined the main stage this last year, and it was really exciting for us because it's the first time at that festival that they had women, a, a woman-fronted band headlining yeah. on on that stage at, at main stage at night. And um, yeah, it's just grown so fast, and we're just like so proud. And and what we also do, it's it's not just us seven up there. We invite. It's Lori's job. That's her role. Is she invites every woman in a band at Northwestern Summit that weekend. She invites them to sit in with us. Nice. And we also have backup dancers. So this year we had 26 women on stage with us. Wow. It's amazing. It's yeah. going to turn it's into really an powerful. orchestra right there, man. That's Yeah, it's beautiful. Man, and you guys got some killer merch. I noticed some sweet side boob merch there. Like nice yeah, shirts. That's my job. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners out there need to check that out it's some pretty good stuff um yeah caitlin we are up against a break but i want to thank you for being on the show today it has been an absolute pleasure 
Thanks. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. Yeah, folks in Colorado, you can check them out on Saturday at the Fox Theater in Boulder. You can check out everything Shook Twins at their website, shooktwins.com, or follow them on social media at Shook Twins. Right now, we're going to hear the Shook Twins with What Have We Done right here on the Doc G Show. the doc g show you just heard the shook twins and that was caitlin shook from the shook twins thank you to caitlin for coming on the show fantastic album yeah need to check that out that's right check some good lives it's a good good album guys fantastic ladies you can get you can get the uh vinyl or you can stream it i've done both the vinyls here on the wall i've i've streamed it a bunch It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. I always jams. I I hypothesize going out there to Idaho. You know, mm. on a, on a wet... I could see you. I could see you fitting in that over there. You know, maybe like not not for good. Nope. Just like a a couple weeks stay. You know, couple. Yeah. 
I mean, it would be a. Di- I couldn't handle Idaho winters. Nope. It is no. I don't know if you know if you could handle Idaho falls. Probably not. No. I, I my my time in Idaho would be uh, July to August. That would be my yeah. <laughs> that would be my Idaho time. But I mean, there's some good good uh, vistas. Good vistas in Idaho. It's very very scenic. You know, I'd like to get out yeah, there. Some and, good hikes. Amen. amen. Some fall activities. I might set up a fall festival out there. Who knows? I may do it. Don't don't try to you stop won't. me, Dave. You won't. Don't stop. I'll you do won't. it. I will do it. Nope. Not not right now, but I'll do it at some point in time. Nonetheless, thank you to the Shook Twins for being on the show yeah, again. Thanks, y'all. Um, Dave, are you ready? Last birthday suit. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. This one uh, probably going to be the hardest for you. Even might be okay. might be harder than than Weird Al. Hmm. Born on October twenty third, nineteen twenty five. In Corning, Iowa, he grew up loving to entertain. He bought a magic kit at the age of 12 and started putting on magic shows. He put on shows at the Kiwanis Club. He debuted as the Great Carsoni and was paid $3 a show. Houdini. What? Nope. However, at 18, he joined the Navy. Join the Navy. After the war, our birthday suit wear started as at a radio station in Omaha. He was a DJ there, and then he started hosting a TV show known as The Squirrel's Nest. He took it to the next level in 1962 when he took over hosting The Tonight Show. He hosted the show for 30 years until 19. 19- 92 when he retired and let Jay Leno take over the show. Name that birthday suit wearer. It's Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson is correct. Yes, indeed. That's the only reason I know is the passing of the torch of the Tonight Show. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, if If you weren't alive during the Johnny era, you don't really know much about it. You don't you don't know much about, but he was the king of late night, man. So true, king of yeah. late night, and uh, he. There was a you know the the passing of the torch was a big controversy, right? Because no one knew who he was going to pass it to. Was he going to pass it to Jay Leno or was he going to pass it to Dave Letterman? Mm. And a lot of people mm-hmm. thought he was going to pass it to Dave. And when they when he passed up on Dave, Dave was a bit scorned, you know. And I I think that I think that gave Dave a little little fuel lit his fire a little bit you know probably helped him a little bit too yeah yeah and i you know i uh i gotta be honest between the two no offense to jay leno i think dave's better i think dave i think dave did a better job yeah i think he did I'm, i'm not afraid to say it and honestly i'm not afraid to say that i was a bigger fan of conan instead of jimmy fallon when conan was overlooked to take over the Tonight Show when Jay Leno stepped in. So down. true. Um, but oh man, I, you, you know that's just my opinion. And you know what? I still love. I still love Jimmy. I still love Jimmy. He's 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 happy about I love, everything. I like Jimmy better. He's a he's a positive guy. He's a positive Pat. You can't look down at him. Everything makes Jimmy happy. Nope. You could liver, literally give him a vial of Ebola and be like, hey, here's some Ebola, and he'd be like, oh my god, I haven't seen Ebola in forever. <laughs> that is so awesome. 
So awesome. Thank you for that, <laughs> that Ebola. That was perfect. <laughs> it's pretty much him, man. But that's it's not his day. It is Johnny Carson's no, it's day. Not. Johnny, Happy birthday, Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson. Would've been, he would have been uh, 96. <coughs> 90, n- 96. 94. 96. 94, 94. No, 94. 94. 94. 94. Man, impressive. Impressive. That is a. Uh, that is a. Uh, 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 he died of lung cancer, by the way. That was when he passed oh. away. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Carson, king of late night. Hats off to you, Johnny. Uh, Dave, yes, this is where I tell you about the great shows that we yeah, have coming will. up. And we got some. Yeah, you will. We got some. Do it. I'm so excited tell about me. next week. We've got the Kings of Rock from Kentucky. Yes! These guys. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell you again when we when we talk to them. But the first time mm-hmm. I saw these guys, 2008, uh, I, went to go, I went to go see a show with Shinedown. Right, mm-hmm. I was all excited yeah. about seeing Shine Down, and there were two other bands on the ticket: Blackstone Cherry and Hailstorm. Mm-hmm. I did not know mm-hmm. either bands, nope. and I came in mm-hmm. the room, and Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm was singing, and she blew me against the wall with how loud her voice was. Mm. I was just like, Jesus, that is one impressive yeah. lady singing. And then Blackstone Cherry came out and rocked. The house down. Your socks off. Yes. And I was like, my God, these guys. And I went that next day and I downloaded on iTunes Bulldozer, Rain Wizard, Please Come In, all of their jams that they had on iTunes. I was just like, I gotta, I gotta rock these guys. And I did. I rocked them. Mm-hmm. I've been a fan ever yeah, since, man. And I'm I'm very excited about them coming on the show. Uh we've also got Jordan Davis. Oh, yeah. He's just ripping up the country charts right now. I mean, he's got going up and he's da- going all he's the way up, dancing in parking lots. It's just ridiculous, and he's got a big old furry man beard, better than mine. I'm a little, I'm totes, he's a stud, totes jelly of his nicely groomed totes beard. <laughs> then, then we've got Fantastic Negrito coming on, Grammy winner, as I've told you before. Oh my goodness, and mm-hmm. the and the and the the artistic work that that Dan. Our artist for the show has done for Fantastic Negrito. It's it's been fantastic, man. It has been to use the word. It's been fantastic. We've got so much more though. We got the we got the Thanksgiving special coming up. So many things. So many things. Oh my goodness. Good God. But until next week, I've been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave Burles Berlin. I forgot to mention Happy Victory Wednesday, guys. Uh. Go Jags. Mm. Until next time, Mm. I've been your host. And I want to let you know from the bottom of my heart, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.